going to invite one of our ladies, Miss Emily Rasco, up here. And if you've been here over the last months, you've heard her testimony in depth, but we asked her to come share um, her story, not the details on forgiveness, but how it changed her life. So let's give it over to Miss Emily. Hi, thank you. So um, through Women of Valor, you know, we, we got to the section on forgiveness, and I, I really prayed about it. And I thought I was good, and God showed me a little part that um, I hadn't let go of yet. So I was obedient, and um, it was actually a former stepfather, and I faced him and, and did the forgiveness, and it was not easy at all. I would never tell anybody, oh, yeah, sure, no problem, you can go do it, no problem. Um, but through obedience, God really opened doors in my life that it has been amazing. Um, within a couple of weeks, um, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, which was absolutely amazing. I had been praying about it for a long time, um, wanting that. And um, a couple of weeks after that, God showed me a picture of myself teaching a class at church. And within a couple of days, um, one Sunday, um, Josh pulls me aside and says, Hey, would you be willing to? I'm like, yes, yes, I'll do it. Absolutely, yes. Um, because God's already shown me this. He's already shown me. And if you'd asked me at this time last year, hey, do you think you'll ever teach a class at church? I'd be like, no way. Mm -mm. You must be insane. Never. No. But here I am doing it. And um, I can't say I'm killing it yet, but <laughs> feel pretty good about it. Amen. Thank you, Emily. Yes. Every single lady can get up here and tell you a story about what Women of Valor and God has done through them. Um, but thank you, Emily, for sharing. I can definitely attest, Pastor Kelly and I have known all these ladies for many, many years. And it is just amazing to see the growth that they've had over this time. Um, and another thing that we've talked about was fasting. Fasting is an interesting topic, kind of along with forgiveness. Fasting is not just about giving up food or giving up something else, right? That's just self-control. Fasting is about giving up something and making your body and your spirit weak so you can fully rely on God and open up your heart to a deeper relationship with Him, open up your heart and your mind to hear the Holy Spirit and get direction and guidance that way. So we had a big unit on fasting. And that's hard. It's new for some people. It's not new for other people. Um, fasting food is typically the thing that most people do is fasting food. But if you have certain illnesses, you can't necessarily fast food. It's not just about food. It is about opening your heart, weakening your body so you can fully depend on God. And let me tell you, the fasting unit was incredible this time. We had ladies that did fast food, ladies that um, just changed what they ate, ladies that gave up social media, ladies that gave up just all electronics altogether, who gave extra time in prayer. It's not just about giving up something. We had some ladies that committed to praying multiple times a day for a certain amount of time as something different in their schedule to fully rely on God. So fasting, that is just about opening your heart to hear the Holy Spirit, kind of like forgiveness, opening your heart so God can speak to you when you fast and you become weak. It really makes you rely on God and builds that relationship up together. So we have another lady that's going to come, uh, Ms. Judy Krause, and share something that God did with her during that particular unit that we were talking about fasting. Um, and she opened her heart, listened to the Holy Spirit, and God moved really big in her life. She's amazing. 
Good morning, church. Uh, mine is a um, lesson. It, it kind of goes with we were doing the fasting unit, but mine was an obedience factor, partially, because I was, my, I remember echoing in my head for the, the whole time. I, was, I woke up one morning, and I couldn't move. My back was horrible. I don't know what happened. It's kind of like your foot. I don't know what happened. It just hurt. And I, I want to tell you, I couldn't move. I couldn't stand. I couldn't sit. I couldn't lay. The pain was excruciating. The worst I've, I've had in forever. And I thought, what is wrong with, what's wrong with my back? I can't move. I got I to gotta move. I homeschooled Jennifer's three kids. I have to be able to move. You can't just lay there or sit there. And I was thinking, you know, the, the Sunday came and I came here and I was in pain the whole time and I thought if somebody talks to me I'm not going to be nice because I hurt too bad and I'm going to throat punch somebody they better be you know so I was I was not in a you know you you get that way you get that that frame of mind and you think just don't talk to me I hurt I'm here I'm I'm obeying God God I hope you hear me I hope you see me because I'm doing what you told me to do and yet it still hurt I went home Sunday and it still hurt. I came Monday night. I, I was I wasn't going to come Monday night because I was I tried to reason myself out of it all day, trying to say you know well nobody care if I if I didn't come because my back's hurting. They understand all of them have had back issues one way or another, and I said so I can stay home. Then I heard my father in my head saying, "Yeah, but that's where you go to get." Okay, all right. Dad, I'll go. You know, my dad's been dead for a number of years, but I heard, kept hearing him say, go anyway. And I thought, thank you very much. I know you're right there by God, and you're t you, God made you say that, you know. So I came anyway Monday night to Women of Valor. I went home, and nothing changed. I was hurting. I wasn't in a good mood. I just wanted to get out of there and go home. Tuesday came and went. Wednesday came and went. It was first, first Wednesday again. I was reasoning myself through it. I said, not going to go. I hurt too bad. I don't care. I'm old. I don't care. People don't care whether an old lady comes or not. So I'm not going to go because it hurts too bad. Well, lo and behold, it was happened to be a day that I had the car. And some of you don't understand when you only have one car in the, in the house. Jennifer comes because she's in ministry. So she comes on first Wednesday. I don't know if that's the only reason she comes because she, she wants to come, but that didn't sound right, so I'd better, better clarify that. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, Jen. <laughs> so I had to go pick her up at work, and the only way that to, to have a vehicle, I couldn't, she couldn't take me all the way home and then come here. So I wound up coming, so I'm, I'm, like, I'm in the passenger seat while she's driving to church from work, and I'm like, I really don't want to go. I hurt too bad. God didn't hear me on Monday, so I'm, just, I just, I'm not going to go because I hurt too bad. And it's, I'm just not a pleasant person to be around when I hurt this bad. Because I didn't know the reason for it, and I really became very sympathetic to those people who have chronic back issues and can't move and can't have to function anyway with the back issue. I really get it.
reason why you haven't yet. So I, we, the whole service was great, by the way. The first Wednesday is some kind of special service. So if you can get here Wednesday, come. Even if your dad tells you, has to speak to your head and tell you. If you knew my dad, remember him and he'll, he'll, he'll tell you, go to church. Um, so anyway, we, we, I came anyway. We got here, was obedient to God, went home and it was still hurting. I got up Thursday morning, no pain anywhere. God honors your, your obedience to him. Isn't that incredible? If you guys are picking up on something here, this whole thread we have going that when you surrender yourself, your flesh, to have your quiet time, to forgive, to when you fast, you know, God moves and does. It is so cool. And these are just a couple testimonies that we have. Like she said, if you, you see all these ladies wearing these shirts, you want to hear more, just talk to them. Just talk to them. Hey, what, what's going on in your life? You know, what, what did God do through you during Women of Valor? You know, I mean, even Rachel and I, you know, big commitment to take on the task of teaching and leading. And, you know, I mean, there were some crazy Mondays that were just like, get in here. How fast can we throw up tables? And then Rachel decided to hurt her foot. So, so Kelly got stronger for a little bit moving tables because, you know, Rachel abandoned me. No, it's okay. You did it on purpose, didn't you? <laughs> No, but it was so awesome to be able to lead all of these ladies. And then we wrap up the course, um, and there's a whole lot in between all these points, you know. These are just some highlights. But we wrap it up with taking the gospel out there and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. And people can get hung up in this idea that I don't know enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not mature enough, I make too many mistakes, I sin too often, I do all of this. But if you have Jesus in your heart then you have what somebody else needs. Because he wants to heal people, you know. If he's inside of you, then you have the power to go up to someone, lay hands on them, because it's not your power, it's his power flowing through you. So we talk to the ladies, hey, make a list of people that need Jesus around you. And then just go out there. You know, you don't have to, they don't have to just be the ones on your list, but go out there and share the gospel. Start discipling, okay, teaching other people about Jesus. You know, bringing them into the house of God, into the church, telling them, leading them, bringing them along with you. Hey, we have a first steps class. We have a Sunday service. I want to share what God has done in my life with people around me. And that's what we end it with. We end with learning to, to take that out there because it's scary. It is super scary. If you are a really introverted person, it is scary sometimes to share the gospel. And it's not always that you're afraid of your Jesus. It's just that you're afraid of people in general. You know, conversation with someone. I understand this. This is me at my core. So I get it. But man, let me tell you, when Jesus changes your life, when Jesus heals you, when Jesus healed Judy, I guarantee you she wanted to tell a whole bunch of people about it. You know, if you saw Emily after she got filled with the Holy Spirit, you knew something was different because there was a pep in Emily's step and she walked around like this. You could tell, you could look at her, you're like, she's just different because she said, I surrender myself to you, God, I'm going to do something that's hard and painful to the flesh and allow you to do this. And now she's teaching a class, she's sharing, she's helping disciple other, other people too. And it is so cool. So we, we teach you at the end, you know, don't keep it inside of you. Don't just keep it to yourself. You know, that's selfish. 
other people out there, they might, they might fight you. I mean, some people, it's a long process. You know, you invite, you talk, and they don't seem open to it, but keep on. Don't give up. Man, Jesus didn't give up on you either. He loves each and every one of us, and he didn't give up. So take, take the gospel. We finish off with that. And it, it's just been an incredible journey with these ladies. And we sat there. We had a meeting for the next. We're already jumping in now to the next round that's starting in the fall. And I sat at that table and I said, Rachel, I'm genuinely excited to be here right now for this next round and with these ladies. I am so excited to do this again because we have more ladies that are going through it. Some of these ladies are going to go back through it again. We have more ladies. So if you know anyone that you're like, you know what, they need this. I'm seeing this. They need this. Invite them to come. We're going to open up registration, I think, starting in the next couple weeks. For you ladies, I encourage you and look. We know there's a cost associated with it, but if you know us here at Eastgate, we say no one walks alone, and that's how we are. We got kids going to kids' camp. Their moms can't afford it. Their dads can't afford it. We say, come on anyways. Women of Valor is no different, okay? Because at Eastgate, no one walks alone. We're going to help you along the way. And that's a big part. That's right. Give God praise of what Women of Valor is. is a bunch of ladies coming together being discipled together. So they say at Eastgate, no one walks alone. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and honor these ladies today. Right. I'm super excited about it. All right. We have a lot of ladies. Our success rate for this season was really off the charts. Almost everyone made it through the course. Um, and we only had a couple that didn't, and they had reasons why they could not complete the course. So we're excited. So we're going to start off with our first group. And we're not going to bring the whole group up here because all of these ladies deserve recognition. So when I call a name, let's, let's shout for them, right? Let's honor them this morning. And then I'm going to ask you, I know some of you are going to hate me. I'm going to ask you all to stay up here on the stage because I want everyone to see all of us as a group up here in our cool shirts, right? We all got our shirts. All right. So this first group of ladies that we're going to honor today. These ladies, we had a requirement that you had to have only missed six classes to graduate. These ladies, they, they missed more than six. Uh, most of them, it was because of sickness and other things, but they stayed through to the end. Okay. This is a huge honor. Okay. That they did this, that they said, I committed to this, even though I may not get the graduation to be able to go on and possibly be a co-leader in the next group, whatever. This is more important to me that I finish and complete this. So all of these ladies stayed and completed this course. Okay. And we want to honor them because that is incredible. A lot of people have the mindset, oh, I've missed too many. Now I'm going to stop. They didn't, you know? And so let's, as we call their names, let's let's honor them this morning. First, starting off with Ms. Madison Brock. Come on. And we have a cool little bracelet for you. And it says, Sisters in Christ are sisters for life. Rachel and I have ours on. Because what we saw was the ladies joining together and truly becoming sisters in Christ and helping each other out and being there for each other. Um, we had... Um, as many of you know, the, the situation recently at Alexander High School, I won't mention it because we've got little ears in here. One of our ladies in the group is a teacher there. And so that morning while she was real time walking through the situation, our ladies were like praying for you, praying for you, like paused what they were doing, stopping and praying for each other. And that's what it is. So you got these cool bracelets. So, all right. Our next one is Miss Terry Griffith. Look, this lady right here, she may be quiet and soft, but do not mistake in her. This is a prayer warrior right here. She is incredible. All right, our next one, Miss Cassie Keeler. 
All right, next we have Miss Catherine Pate, also known as Honey. We have two Cathy's, so she's the Honey Honey Cathy. So most half the people know her as Honey. Cassie, go stay up here. Sorry, I'm gonna make it awkward for you. <laughs> All right. Next, we have Miss CJ Varney. She's coming all the way back from our media booth. All right. Next, we have our last one in this group is Mrs. Janet Velasquez. Look, she's another one of our incredible prayer warriors. All right, I am so proud of these ladies and their commitment to stick through this all the way to the end. So sorry, I'm gonna make y'all stand up here for a little longer. We'll try and squeeze all in here. Okay, the next group of ladies, they finished with six or less absences. So they have officially graduated Women of Valor. A few of these will go on to be our team leaders and co-leaders through this next season. And I can't wait for it. So our first one is Miss Angel Black. Who's adding to our numbers? <laughs> All right, next is Miss Chelsea Dunn. Like, we had a thing in our groups. And we had so much laughter. We had to like put ourselves as far apart from each other when we split off in our small groups. <laughs> this, this is how it went the whole time, right? There was so much laughter in these groups and so much awesome encouragement. It was fun. All right, our next one is Miss Judy Krause. Ready got to hear from her. Sorry, I'm making you come up twice today, Judy. <laughs> you could have. Most people don't appreciate that, though. So, all right. Then we have Miss Tanya Mathis. I have known Tanya for a really, really long time, and I learned some new things about Tanya that I did not know, and that was super fun. Next is Miss Brenda Olson. Look, Miss Brenda's committed here because she would, did you come in before work or straight from work? She works the third shift, so she would, she would get up early to come, man, and she was, she was here. Next, we have Miss Paula Pruitt. All right, Emily Rasco. What do you got to hear from her? And the next lady is unable to be here today. She is on um, vacation with her family, celebrating her daughter's birthday. But Miss Heather Rasco, she was another one that had to get up crazy early in the morning. So her commitment to come and be here was really, really incredible. Miss um, Judy Renwick. If we could get y'all ladies to kind of crunch in a little bit so we can get picture, so people can get pictures of you and y'all fit on the camera because I want everyone to see all of your beautiful faces. You can stack up in front of each other and do all this. 
All right, Kathy Scoggin. And last but not least, the one who probably caused the source of most of the laughter, Miss Brenda Thomas. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, you can't be around her without laughing. All right. I'm going to move off to the side for a second so y'all can get a picture of all these lovely ladies. S squeeze in, ladies. <laughs> Show your certificate so everybody can see. All right, did we get them all? It's, it's there, it's awkward. Oh, we have to get in, oh. I thought we were gonna sneak through this, Rachel. All right, it has been an honor and a privilege, ladies, to be able to serve with you. All right, thank you, ladies can have a seat. <laughs> All right. It has truly been an honor and a privilege to be a part of this with all of these incredible ladies. And I encourage all of you, if you didn't go through it the first time, come through it again. I come through it the first time. If you were in it the first time, come through it again. And I tell the ladies, it's not always just about what you can get. Sometimes it's about what you have to offer as well. Some of these ladies just sitting there listening to them talk around the table and their wisdom that they had to share. Um, and our goal as leaders wasn't to always do all the teaching and all of the talking. It was to facilitate the conversation. And it was so cool to ha hear someone ask a question or give a scenario that they were walking through. And the ladies would just share, this is what I did. You know, hey, what are some, some roadblocks that you come up against when you're trying to have your quiet time? How did you overcome those and those conversations? And it really was just incredible. Um, the conversation was really neat. So I'm gonna pray over these ladies and as we wrap up today. Oh, I did, thank you, Rachel. That's why I have Rachel. She's amazing, and she doesn't forget anything. We had two ladies that did not have any absences, okay? That was Miss Paula Pruitt and Emily Rasco. Look, that is amazing because that's hard to do. Um, it is very hard to do that, you know, because life happens and, and, and you get sick and stuff, but those ladies made it without any absences. So let me go ahead and pray over all of you sweet ladies. God, we just thank you for the commitment of these ladies that went through this course, Lord. We just thank you that you continue to work in them and through them, God. Lord, that you 
use them in such a powerful way to those around them, Father, that they have a boldness inside of them, God, and that the growth that they've already gone through just continues through the summer into the next course. Lord, this is just the springboard for the rest of their lives and what you're going to do in them, Father. I thank you that you give them everything that they need. You equip them to go out there and to be ministers of the gospel, Lord. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Somebody said, we did it. I love that. Hey, I don't remember if, if y'all mentioned this or not. This is crazy. This was a nine-month process. A nine-month process to do this. Hey, ladies, um, let me just say this. Pastor to you. Janet, you'll appreciate this. Good job. Good job. Hey, y'all knocked it out of the park. Y'all did a great job. I think one of the most impressive things to me is that um, even for the ones that didn't officially graduate, you said, no, I made a commitment. I'm following through. I want to see this thing through to the end. That says a lot about your character. God can do a lot with people that'll just say, you know what, I'm just going to show up. You know, half a life is just showing up. It really is. So I want to say from the bottom of my heart, hey, thank you for doing what you did. And we all, hey, a little bit of respect, a lot of respect for what you ladies were able to accomplish this year. So could we just do this one more time? Could we stand up and give some appreciation to everyone that went through this course and give God some praise also? Great job. Great job. You can be seated again if you can. Hey, thank y'all so much for being here. By the way, my name is Josh, uh, lead pastor here, which means I'm lead servant here at, at the church. And um, so glad that y'all are here with us today to celebrate. Are y'all hungry? Man, listen, there's food, there's good food, and then there's really good food. We've got some really good food waiting on us in just a little bit. I say there's, there's a lot of things we're still working on here as a church, but I think one thing that we've got down is food. So we, we got that okay. So, uh, yeah. so requirement number one is off here. God, yes. People, yeah. Food, good. Okay, so we're heading somewhere with this. That's a good thing. I think one of the most impressive things, not just that they followed through to the end on this, was seeing the growth in their lives. You know, growth happens one step at a time. And life can throw a lot at you in between those steps. Amen? Some of y'all that, that have lived enough life, you know what I'm talking about. It can go from sunshine and rainbows in the morning to all is breaking loose in the afternoon and you're trying to figure out which, which way is up and, and all of that. You know, it, what's cool is that with Jesus, he's constant through the sunshine and rainbows and the storms. He's always there with you. And having seen them grow so much in their faith this year is very encouraging to me. And it just reminds me that if you're just willing to take a step, God can turn a step into a mile of growth in your life. God can turn a step of faith into a miracle. He can take a step of trust and turn it into just changing a situation, bringing healing to your life. He can do so much with just a step. And I know a lot of you here are 
here today to support the ladies that have graduated, but I do know this. There's no way, there's no way that they would want me to let you out of here this morning before we go eat the food and have all the fun without talking to you for just a few minutes about Jesus. Amen. Hey, he's the reason why we do everything that we do. You know, and, and I know here in this room right now, we, we have different backgrounds represented, different histories represented, but I'll tell you this, we all are in need of the same Savior. All in need of the same Savior. His name is Jesus. And if you look at all the things that are happening in our world today, I think you'd agree with me in that, hey, it's not just us that needs a Savior. Our world needs Jesus. Our world needs Jesus because you're never going to be able to pass a law to legislate morality. You're not going to be able to do that. That only comes through change, and change only comes through Jesus. Amen? So he's, he is the core of it all. And I know, it's, I felt the tension come into the room when I started saying, I, I want to talk to you guys for just a little bit about Jesus because we get weird about that sometimes. Okay, here comes the pastor. He's going to talk about this Jesus stuff, and then... Hopefully, it won't take too long. We can just get to the food. Like, I felt the walls come up. Man, y'all went on full defense. Okay, all right. Y'all started playing back. All the, that pastor, I mean, five years ago, he tried this trick, and he almost got me, so I got to watch out for that and all this stuff. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's so funny, the, the little games we play. To try to avoid reality that's inescapable. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. Some people, you know, we, we try to trick ourselves and we say, well, I believe in God. Isn't that going to be good enough? And, you know, the Bible says that that's just not good enough. Believing in God never got anyone into heaven. Never did. Actually, it says that there are demons in hell that believe in God and tremble in fear. Believing in God never got anyone anywhere it's do you have a real relationship with Jesus? Not a philosophy that you agree with or a set of moral standards that you say, yeah, that's pretty good. I'll, I'll apply that every once in a while. It's whether or not you have a real relationship with Jesus. A real relationship with him. And you know, some people say, well, I, I don't even deal with the believing in God. I think anything that I do, if I mean well, will take me on a pathway to God. And the Bible just says that's not true either. You know, there's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus. Through Jesus, every other path is a dead end. The dead end. And, and I think of it like this. If I were to say to all of you, hey, when you get home, give me a call this afternoon. Okay? And when you give me a call, I'm going to deposit $10,000 into your bank account. This is already sounding good already, isn't it? Everybody get an extra ten grand for the weekend. And you say, okay, that's awesome. What's your number? And I'll say, just dial any number and you'll get me. What? Yeah, just hit seven or hit 26 numbers in a row. Hit send, you'll get me. That doesn't make sense at all, does it? Because you've got to dial a specific number to get my specific phone to ring. You understand? The Bible says that there's only one mediator between God and men, and that's the man Christ Jesus. He's the only way. He's the only way. Well, isn't that kind of exclusive? I mean, how far do you want to go with that? I mean, how many roads can you take to end up on the one road that's going to get to your house? Eventually, you're going to have to land on the one road that goes by your house, right? Did the people that designed all that do that with an exclusive attitude? 
No, there's just one way to get there. There's one road. His name is Jesus, is what I'm saying. Some people say, well, I don't even know that I've seen enough evidence to even think that the, that the possibility of there being a God is even a reality. And I get that because I used to be in that camp. I used to just say, prove it to me. Like, I heard pastors preach, and I heard people say the stuff that I'm saying right now. It's just like, well, prove it. Show me. You know why? Because I've seen some jacked up people in church. Oh, see, y'all, y'all were too churchy when I said that. <laughs> I said, I've seen some jacked up people in church. I really have. Uh, you know why? Because we're all jacked up. And look at the person next to you and say, hey, guess what? You're jacked up. You're jacked up. Yeah, some of y'all have way more fun with that than you should have. That was good for some of you. Y'all been waiting to say that to them for a couple of weeks, right? <laughs> so you, you, you just jacked up. We're all in need of a Savior. The Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, me included. I need Jesus, too, in my life. But I began thinking at one point, just look at us as individuals, even as jacked up as we are. And um, look, you guys, that, how many of y'all are Georgia fans in here? Yeah. Y'all need extra Jesus. You need extra Jesus. We're praying for you. Look, you notice I didn't say Alabama because look. There are people that need, yeah, somebody said no cussing in church. Yeah. No cussing in church. They need, look, Georgia fans need extra prayer. They need extra Jesus. Bama fans need extra prayer. Jesus, a lot of therapy and there's fill in the blanks. There's something traumatic that happened in their lives. I'm sorry, about half this group's about to leave right now. Half this group. Pride cometh before the, I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway. I was thinking about us. All of us have very unique and individual fingerprints. Nobody's got your fingerprints. Only you do. Isn't that crazy? You ever thought about the, the complexity of the eye itself? Nobody's got the same retinal pattern. We're all unique. Over 7 billion people on the earth, and none of us have the same pattern. Isn't that wild? That is amazing when you think about that. It's, when you start thinking about stuff like that, you have to eventually land on the ground that that couldn't have happened just out of chaos. It couldn't have happened on its own. There has to be some kind of designer or design process to make that much uniqueness take place. You know, I, If I were going to bake a cake and I took all the ingredients of the cake and I threw it in a five-gallon bucket, shook it up, and you got the eggs and the oil, cake mix and all that stuff, and what kind of cake is it going to be? Kids, what kind of cake do we like? Somebody said a big one. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. We'll get to that food in just a minute. I promise you. <laughs> I promise you. Man, kids will tell you the truth. Pastor, you said it wouldn't be long. Okay. So if I threw it all in a five-gallon bucket and shook it up, how many of you would expect for there to be a fully baked cake in that bucket? Nah. So I take a firecracker and throw it in there and make a big bang with all those ingredients. Think there's going to be a cake in there? How many millions of years do you think I would need to let that five-gallon bucket sit there for there to be a cake that would finally appear? Somebody said, I would grow mold before I grew a cake. Yeah, yeah. It just would not happen. See, when you apply that kind of thinking to something practical, it doesn't make sense. When you go abstract and you leave a lot of blanks that need to be filled in, 
then it becomes mystical in people's sense. See, it doesn't happen by accident. There has to be someone to bake the cake. There has to be someone to design all of this stuff. Think about the billions of strands of DNA at work inside of each of us right now that make us who we are. It doesn't happen by accident. Look at the creation around us. Every sunrise and sunset reminds us that there is a master artist at work. And it's the God that we serve. You look at the, the perfect positioning of our earth in the solar system. Man, it, it is amazing when you think about it. If we were a degree off this way in our orbit, we would burn up. If we were a degree off in this way in our orbit around the sun, we, the earth would turn into a block of ice. Life would not be possible. That doesn't happen by accident. It's very precise. Very precise. Think about how all the planets move around in all the solar systems and all the galaxies in their own orbits while the galaxies are in their own orbits and galactic neighborhoods all through the universe and those galactic neighborhoods are in orbit around each other and scientists will say now that the universe itself moves in a perfectly timed orbit so everything functions. That does not happen by accident. It's all evidence of a designer and a creator. And it's the God that we serve. And Jesus is the way to him. It's the way to him. There is no other way. And that Jesus is madly in love with every one of us here today. I know if you're a guy that kind of makes you feel a little weird, there's a male deity that's in love with me. I get that. But he is. You got your best friend, probably. Or you had a best friend that you would have done anything for. And if someone said, hey, do you love that man? You would have said, yeah, that's my brother. Jesus loves you like that. Actually, in more of a way, because a lot of people, when they think about church and they think about Jesus, and this is what I ran into personally the most, and this is what a lot of people run into, is they, they feel like that God is waiting to judge them. They feel like God's ready to just hit them with a lightning bolt, you know. If you come to church, then you better be on your P's and Q's. And if, if you've had uh, an off week spiritually, then you're going to be doing a whole lot of prayer on the way to church so that when you walk into church, you won't just burst into flames or, you know, whatever the mindset is. Look, man, if an Alabama fan can walk in here and not burst into flames, you're good. I'll just tell you that. I'll just tell you that. We're all good. All good in this place. Uh, we actually even had some New Orleans Saints fans walk in here. Didn't burst into flames. It's amazing to see that. So but the, the grace of God covers a lot of stuff. Jesus loves you. That's his motivation towards you. He loves you. He loves you. A lot of people think that you come to church and you get right with God and God takes a bad person and turns them into a good person and that's not what he does. That's not what he does. He takes... A spiritually dead person and brings them to life again as a new creation in Jesus and then he changes you from the inside out as you grow closer to him see a lot of us have been pre-programmed you, you come to church and you got to act a certain way or talk a certain way well that's called behavior modification that's religion relationship with Christ that's life transformation from the inside out as he works in you, as you grow closer to him. It's a completely different ballgame. His motive towards you is love. You know, the Bible actually says in John 3, 16, which I bet half of us could quote that 
this morning. It says that, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, but that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. What blows me away is that before Jesus died, God was motivated by his love for you to send his son. You know what that tells me? That there is nothing that you can do to earn one more drop of love from God. He already loved you with all of his heart before he sent Jesus to die for you. Why? Because he wants a restoration and that relationship with you and him. That's why Jesus came. When Adam and Eve blew it in the Garden of Eden, and they sinned so long ago, there was a severance in that relationship between us and God because of sin. Sin had to be dealt with. But until sin was dealt with, God said, I still love you. I still want to be with you. So he gave the, the fig leaves and all that stuff. And, and he saw the first sacrifice where he did a little sacrifice to cover that initial sin of Adam and Eve because he still wanted to have some kind of communion with us and a temporary covering. When Moses was walking around with the children of Israel, you guys that kind of know the Bible, you, you know that, that the presence of God resided in the Ark of the Covenant that went around with them, and they kept that in the tabernacle tent that they went around with because God's heart was to be with us, to be with us. Look in the Old Testament, you can see it. When they built the temple, the presence of God filled the temple when Solomon built that temple, and God was able to have his presence dwelling in some kind of proximity with his people, but they had this thing called the Holy of Holies in that temple that separated the presence of God from everybody else. So that when you, it was crazy. So that if you went into the presence of God with any sin at all in your heart, you get strike dead. That's wild. That veil in that temple, that curtain in that temple was multiple feet thick. Think about how heavy that joker was. Crazy. About 100 feet long, multiple feet thick. Insane. That's how serious they were about protecting people from the presence of God, even though God could reside with us. It's amazing. And then he finally said, enough is enough. Enough with the tents, enough with the temples. I'm going to solve this problem once and for all. He didn't send a messenger boy to do it. He got up off his throne in heaven, and he came down and he did it himself. Listen, and he walked this earth, learning what it was like to be you and me, having an existence like ours so that he could be with us. And when he got up on that cross and they crucified our Savior and he cried out his last breath and he said, it is finished. Listen, the work was done. The work was done. The, the payment for your sin and my sin that has separated us from God was paid in full by the sacrifice of Jesus. It is amazing to me. It, he, said, he said, you guys aren't able to come to me, so I'm going to come to you. And when Jesus breathed his last breath and he shouted, it is finished. The Bible says that that veil in that temple was ripped in two from the top to the bottom, from God to us. Because he's always been in the business of trying to get close to us. And he still loves you the same way today. Got one question for you before we pray and bless the food and go, go eat until we got to take a nap. It's going to be fun. How's your relationship with Jesus? See, the beauty of that question is you know. You either have one or you don't. Now listen, right now I feel the defense is coming back up. <laughs> Trap doors, 
the drawbridges are are closing, and and I I get it. Listen, you're about to make the same mistake that you've made every other time you've been in this position. I don't want to see that happen. The Bible also says that none of us are promised tomorrow. And if you leave this side of eternity without Jesus, you know what you got waiting on you? Hell. That's what you have waiting on you. Eternal separation from God. Hell. You don't get any get get out of jail free cards for that. Once you're there, you're there. Well, why would a loving God send people to hell? You know, it's funny. He has never sent not one person to hell. We send ourselves when we choose to turn our back on him. Let me encourage you in this moment not to make that mistake. Let's get our relationship with Jesus right. Let's get it solid. We don't have to worry about where we're going to spend eternity. but, But better than that, so that we can have a relationship with a God that has moved heaven and earth to have a relationship with us. Amen? Bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just ask that you speak to all of us. Lord, that defenses would come down, that apprehensions would come down. We're not asking anyone to join a church or pick up a new religion. Lord, we want to see people have a relationship with you today. That's what's most important. Lord, speak to our hearts. I know we already know the truth. And I pray that the truth of that reality leads to a decision that puts us in front of Jesus so that that truth can set us free today. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Are you ready to stand before God? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? He's done everything within his power to have one with you. And if you're here today and you say, you know what, I definitely do not have a relationship with Jesus. And I'm not talking about going to church and I'm not talking about intending to change sometime in the future. I'm talking about right here, right now, in the rawness and the realness of this moment, do you have a real relationship with Jesus? See, I believe he's speaking to your heart right now. I believe you can feel that burning. I believe you can feel that tug in your spirit to get this right. The battle for you is going to be to shut off your mind and pay attention to your spirit that's speaking to you right now. And to take a step and to get this right. Because you are just on the other side of the greatest adventure of your life. You're just on the other side of healing and restoration and all the passion and purpose and comes with a relationship with Jesus. Some of you are dealing with a lot of frustration today with finances. You're dealing with frustrations relationally. You're dealing with frustrations just in general in life. And part of that problem is that you're trying to do life in your own strength. And Jesus said, hey, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And there's strength and there's peace there in a relationship with him that you can't get any other place. Is Jesus really Lord and Savior of your life? And if the answer to that is no, the beautiful thing about that is that today is a great opportunity to make a decision that will change that. All across this place, what I'm going to ask you to do is if you're here this morning and you say, you know what, my relationship with Jesus is not where it needs to be. No, I don't have a relationship with Jesus or God. I know I will probably go straight to hell. 
It's, it's just not where it needs to be. If, if that's you, when I count to three in a moment, I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me. Because I want to pray with you today to get that right. You know, moments matter. And it's very important to be present in the moments that matter most. And this is one of those moments that matter most. Heads bowed, eyes closed. It's Jesus, Lord and Savior of your life. If you know the answer is no, but you want Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life, when I count to three, lift your eyes up and look at me. Here we go. This is for you. This is for you. One, two, three. Lift them up and look at me. I see yours. I see yours. I see yours. I see yours. Praise God. Once you lift your eyes up, you can put them back down. Pastor Josh, Jesus is not Lord and Savior of my life, but I want him to be today. Lift your eyes up and look at me. I see yours over there. Hey, this is awesome. You haven't lifted your eyes yet. You know you need to. Hey, don't wait for somebody else. This is your decision. Lift your eyes up and look at me if you know. If you know you need Jesus in your heart today. All right, we had several people that lifted up their eyes. Let's do this. Everyone in the house, if you will, let's stand up to our feet this morning. We've got a saying here at this church. You've probably heard it a few times already today. It's called, at Eastgate, no one walks alone. And we mean that. We mean that because you don't walk alone in life because Jesus is with you, and you don't walk alone in life because you have the body of Christ there to walk beside you. Amen? That's what it's all about. So everyone that lifted up your eyes this morning, I'm going to ask you to do something. Okay, now this is going to take courage. And this is going to probably initially make you feel a little uncomfortable. But what I'm going to ask you to do is just move over that uncomfortable feeling and take a step out into a new future in a new relationship with Jesus today. And I want you to understand this, that everybody in this building is not looking at you. Everyone in this building is rooting for you. Can I get an amen on that this morning? We are rooting for you. Okay, you're not doing this alone. You got a body of believers here that believe in you and believe in what's about to happen in your life. And we're so excited for you. If you lifted up your eyes and you said, hey, I need Jesus in my life today. I want to ask you where you are right now. Step out of your row into the aisle next to you and make your way up to this front of the stage right here because I want to personally pray with you this morning. Can you do that for me today? Everybody's frozen like deer in the headlight. They're waiting for that first person to make a move. I saw several of you. You lifted up your eyes. Come on up here. That right there. That right there. It only takes one. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Now, there were a few more. There were a few more. I'm not going to, like, single you out or call you out or anything like that because we're not about embarrassing people or pressuring people to do anything. But if you lifted your eyes, you know you need to do this. I want to encourage you with all my heart to go ahead and take that. In fact, let's do this, all right? Look at the person next to you and say, hey, do you need to go down there? Okay, give an honest answer, give an honest answer. And if you're next to someone that says they need to come down here, walk with them, walk with them and come on down. Walk with them and come on down. A little bit longer, a little bit longer. See, some of y'all are lying, you said you're good, but you wasn't when I was giving the altar call, but that's okay. 
All right. Something beautiful is about to happen in the lives of these ladies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited about this. You. Look over here. None of these ladies made a move until you did. And this isn't going to be the last time that you taking a stand for Jesus is going to impact the lives of people around you. I want to encourage you with all my heart. Let what you did today continue in your life. And let God use you. You're not just a church attender. He's going to use you to influence and impact the lives of the people around you. This is just the beginning. Just the beginning. So, you guys, you ready to do this? I'm so excited. Everybody, y'all ready to do this? Here's what we do here at the church. I'll lead you in a prayer. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Nothing magical about this prayer. It's just really your heart responding to God's pull um, that he's going to respond to. You know, the Bible says that you believe in your heart, but it also says you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. So we're about to do some confessing because you guys are taking a step to believe, okay? But everybody's going to pray this prayer after me because here at this church, nobody walks alone. We've got your backs, all right? So here we go. Everyone repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. You know the truth about me. And thank you that you love me anyway. Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. And I choose to repent. That means I turn away from my old life and from the sin. I don't want it. I want you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for being my Lord and Savior. One day at a time, one step at a time, I'll grow as you change me from the inside out. In your name, amen. Can we give God some big celebration for that? Hey. Hey, this is huge. 